0: This recording begins with today's gospel reading. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us, and do not subject us to the final test. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived at my house from a journey and I have nothing to offer him. And he says in reply from within, do not bother me, the door has already been locked and my children and I are already in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, if he does not get up to give the visitor the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. And I tell you, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Are both about prayer. Prayer is our active communion with God. The first reading is from Genesis 18. It's set around the 19th century before Christ and it reflects a very primitive theology and a very primitive understanding of God. In the story, God has told Abraham, our father in faith, that God has heard a mammoth outcry against the people of Sodom and Gomorrah because of the horribly grave sin of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. God tells Abraham that he, God, intends to see if the reports are true. If you only do a cursory reading of the passage, it can seem that Abraham proceeds to bargain down God from unjustly destroying innocent people in Sodom and Gomorrah in response to other people's sins. But in fact, if you read the passage with just basic care, you'll see that God never has said that he'll do anything, let alone destroy innocent people. Abraham is wondering about God's response to some people's grave sin. He's wondering about justice. He's wondering about God's mercy. So the prayer, Abraham's active communion with God in prayer, is an enormously important choice for Abraham. In his prayer, Abraham speaks to God. He listens to God. And he reflects on the whole experience Through his prayer, Abraham grows in God. He learns that it's absolutely fine to ask God questions. He grows in his knowledge of God's justice and his knowledge of God's mercy. In Genesis 19, the next chapter, when Sodom and Gomorrah are destroyed and only a few people escape, Abraham witnesses this, he understands it, and he accepts it. His understanding and his acceptance are a result of Abraham's active, sincere, continuing, growing prayer. Anybody in any time or place who positively and genuinely responds to God's presence in his or her life desires to pray. Anybody who actually loves God, wants to grow in communion with God. Jesus' disciples witnesses, witness rather, his constant prayer, Jesus' constant communion with God the Father. In today's gospel passage from Luke 11, Jesus' disciples ask him to teach them how to pray, and he responds directly. I see three major parts in Jesus' response. What I encourage you to do this week is to reread this passage reflect on these really understandable teachings, take them directly, don't edit them, and put them directly into practice regarding all the ways you pray in the upcoming week. I presume that's what Jesus's original disciples do, his first disciples, when they hear his response to their desire for him to teach them how to pray. I presume that they just do what he tells them to do. I encourage you to join me in the same. Don't get lost this week in any sort of big reflection about yourself or the ways you pray. Just do what Jesus says to do here. If you're already a very active prayer, do what Jesus says to do here. If you don't pray at all at the opposite end of the spectrum, which hopefully is not the case for any of us, but if you don't pray much at all, just do it. If you're somewhere in between, just do what Jesus says in this passage. So, three parts. Part one. Jesus says, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us, and do not subject us to the final test. By the way, that's a shorter version of a parallel text in the Gospel of Matthew that's familiar to all of us as the Lord's Prayer. I'll give you a couple of notes on this first part. Jesus begins by saying, when you pray. There's a sense here in Luke that Jesus is telling us to pray the Lord's Prayer whenever we pray. It's not the only prayer by any means we pray, but whenever we pray, the Lord's Prayer should be woven into the rest of our prayer. Jesus teaches us here to address God as Father. I think you remember this. Daddy the completely intimate title a child has for his loving parent. This is a huge revelation. In Jesus' time and place, there is no evidence that faithful Jewish people address God as daddy. Jesus is telling us here that God is not far away in heaven, but as near to us as a father is to his beloved children we are invited to experience the same kind of infinite, intimate rather relationship with God our Father that Jesus has with God the Father. We are meant to grow, we're meant to enjoy and act out of an intimate relationship with God the Father. So this week, when you talk to God in prayer, to what extent are you speaking to him as you would to a loving father, to your daddy? If you're not speaking to God in this way, this week, do it. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us to make two wishes. What are your two wishes on any particular day these days? Here's what Jesus tells us our first two wishes should be. Our first wish should be, hallowed be your name. We should first wish every day in all of our prayer that God be honored on this earth, be extolled on this earth, be recognized as holy on this earth, be vindicated on this earth. It's also implicit in there that the person making that wish is living as an agent of the hallowing of God's name. The second wish should be your kingdom come. Our second wish should be that God's kingly dominion over human life and existence should be brought to full realization. And again, it's implicit in here that the person making this wish is identified as someone helping to build God's kingdom on this earth. Most of us may have a lot of personal wishes on any given day that take priority in our minds and hearts over these two wishes. So if you currently prioritize those two wishes in your prayer, wonderful. If you don't, do it this week. Do it. After the wishes and the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us to make three petitions to God. What are your first three petitions to God on any particular day these days? Here's what Jesus tells us our first three petitions should be. First, Give us each day our daily bread. Give us what we need for daily sustenance, definitely physically, probably also spiritually. Second, forgive us our sins. That's very straightforward. And it's accompanied by the statement, For we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us. That expresses the realization that God's forgiveness can't be expected if I withhold human forgiveness. Third, do not subject us to the final test. That's a request that God give us the grace to not fall away from true faith in him or to experience severe spiritual trials that some people in Jesus' time expect will come before the end of the world. So like those two wishes... Many of us have a lot of petitions that may be more important personally to us than those three petitions. Jesus doesn't tell us that we should only have three petitions in our prayer. We can have hundreds of petitions. We're going to have many, many, many petitions in the prayer of this mass. Jesus says that these three should take priority over the rest of our petitions. So if you currently prioritize Those three petitions in your prayer, that's wonderful. If you don't, this week, do it. So, to repeat, Jesus doesn't say that the Lord's Prayer is the only prayer that his disciples should pray. However, as the first part of his direct answer to the request here that he teach us how to pray, the Lord's Prayer is surely meant to be the guide to all the rest of our prayer. That's part one. Part two and three are more brief. So part two. Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray involves persistence in prayer. He gives a parable here that I'm confident isn't so much revealing who God is or a lot about the nature of God personally. It's a straightforward teaching that we should persist in prayer. Our prayer is not supposed to be about a multiplication of words. I believe here Jesus is saying we should persist in giving time, sincerity, and directness in our communion with God. The more we persist in prayer, the more we commune with God. The more we commune with God, the more we grow in a real relationship with God. Many, many people in this parish Make the choice to persist in prayer, and I witness the results in their lives. They are growing in God. If your prayer is only occasional, or if it's half hearted, recognize that, be honest, and this week persist. This week, pray daily. You really can do that. Third and final part of Jesus' response to the request to teach us how to pray. It's about the efficacy of prayer. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Hopefully we all know Jesus is not saying that if you ask for whatever you want, whenever you want it, God will give it to you. That would be ridiculous. The truth of how God responds to the good we seek is a mystery that only unfolds, I have found, over time. But Jesus assures us here that God only gives us what's good. Interestingly, in those sentences, ask, seek, knock, there are initially, there are no objects in those sentences. When an object finally appears, the object is the assurance that God will give us the Holy Spirit. God will give us God's self when we ask him. So that gets us back to the beginning in Abraham and in Jesus. The goal of prayer is greater communion with God. God is the ultimate good. God is the source of all other goods, all the good we do, all the good that there is eternally. If in our prayer we ask, seek, and knock for God, God will give us God's self. If you are looking for God, in prayer you will find God. If you're looking for something less, look for God. Thank you for listening. To learn more, and to get involved, go to saintpatrickparish.com.